Whoa. I just feel His glory. Thank you, Lord. I feel His glory. He's here. Midweek service, He's here. Thank you, Lord. Um, what a night, Sunday night. What a day, Sunday. I'm telling you, children were in the water on Sunday night. It was a beautiful thing. I uh, Thank you, Jim. You're okay. You don't have to play. You'll get me all worked up. <laughs> I was telling him I love that sweater right there. And that, that's a little old school stuff, isn't it? Back in style. I like it. What, what design is that called? I knew. What is it? Argyle. Okay. Sounds like an animal. <laughs> Reptile, Argyle. But anyway, I was in North Carolina on um, last night and the night before. And last night in Archdale Assembly of God, I'm, I'm sharing the story about Tate. Okay. And about the miracle that took place with Tate going from um, flopping arms, nonverbal, or very low verbal um, uh, development, and showing the video. Well, I, I share, I'm sharing the video, and a lady, kid you not, she's sitting right over there. She raises her hand and says, I know him. You know, that took place in Illinois. I'm in North Carolina. Come to find out, that lady was Pastor Chad Everett's uh, neighbor. Okay, it's a small world. And, um, and goes, she goes, I know him, and I know that family. And I've known that child before, and I watched him get immersed, and I watched him change. She said, the video that you see now is even better than when he came out of the water the next few days. It was more, I mean, it was like that healing continues to improve. You know, he's getting better and better and more verbal and all these things. He said, and, and she said, I went to him. Now watch this. She's testifying. She's taking over the service. <laughs> you know, I just get out of the way. She's taking over the service and she's crying. And she said, I went to him and said, tell me what happened to you in the water. Tate is five. She looks at him and says this. When I was underneath the water, Jesus came and hugged me. He hugged me. Reminds me of the, remember the, um, in the, the book, I, 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 um, in Creating Habitation of God's Glory, there's a chapter, I'm Afraid of the Dark, and then there's another one that says, I think I bumped into God about the little girl that, and uh, when she was six years old, she came up shivering and shaking out of the water. I thought it was cold water, and she's at the top of the water, or the top of the steps, and she's still shaking. They put a towel on her, and they said, why are you still shaking? And she says, while I was underneath the water, I saw his face. I saw Jesus. And then she paused, and she goes, and I think I bumped into God, too. Um, it reminds me of the baptism a couple years ago 
about a child that was baptized, and I don't think the child had any idea that he had a sibling that had passed before he was born. And while she was underneath the water, this is a child saying, this is unrehearsed, coerced, comes up out of the water, and they ask, what did the Lord do to you? And she said, well, I just went to heaven and asked the mother about a sibling and said, Mama, did I have a brother? I said, yeah. We never told you. You just can't make that up. Just amazing. Well, anyway, oh, yeah, do I? Okay, well, praise the Lord. I thought you may have wanted to add to that story. So let's, let's give tonight, and then I want to get into the Word. I mean, I could talk all day about what the Lord's doing. And So, uh, ushers, why don't you come forward? Let's sow our seed into the ground. Great days ahead. Um, neat things are taking place in the Spirit. Um, so, uh, three ways to give. They're on the screen over here to, my, uh, to your right. So, uh, Venmo, text offering. You can go to our website, or you can mail in a check if you would like to. Father, we let, bless you for the opportunity to sow seed tonight. And I am thankful for a giving church, Lord Jesus, a very um, willing and obedient church to whatever you say, God. They will obey you. Uh, we thank you for the opportunity just to share your word tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want you to go back to Luke chapter 4. I'm going to continue tonight, if I can, in the next few moments, also how to discover and know the will of God for your life. And maybe all of this can tie in. In fact, I, I want to jump into this. I want you to hold your spot in Luke chapter 4. Um, and I'm going to come to that. But I want to, I want to talk to you about there are three types of people. Uh, I want you to write these things down. Number one, as we're trying to figure out what the will of God is for our life, now these are three types of people I feel in, in the church, and, and these are very distinct categories. I know there's bleed over. I know there may be additional categories, but for, um, for simplicity's sake tonight, as we're learning how to discover the will of God for your life, I just want to take a little um, pause and just hit this because it's going to help us as we move forward. Uh, the first type of people that I want to just tell you about is the individual individuals that are all word but no spirit. Okay? I, I was pretty much in this category, Karen and I. And this group of individuals, thank God for them, right? They have a hunger for the Word of God. They love it, they cherish it, and they rightly divide it. Now, in this group, I, I put all believers that have a love for God, whether they're Lutheran, whether they're Presbyterian, whether they're Baptist, Pentecostal, it doesn't matter. I'm putting all of these groups in here, okay? All right? Uh, but in every church, there's a segment that's usually all word, no spirit, right? Okay? Uh, they have very little sensitivity to the Spirit of the Lord. Uh, little sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Everything is based upon the Word. 
Now, the second group that I would classify is all spirit and no word. Okay, so you have the first group, all word, no spirit. The second group, all spirit, no word. And these individuals, and we thank God for both groups, have a keen sensitivity to the spirit, but little to no knowledge of the word. One of the things, characteristics of this person or individuals, um, they're constantly to and fro. They're up and down on, a, on not only an emotional scale, but also the spiritual scale as well. Um, and they often confuse, now listen to this, the voice of their spirit with the voice of the Holy Spirit. You can do that often. Um, if you don't know the word, your spirit will talk to you and it will always try to find a safe place, not a faith place. And you're going to have to be really careful if you are all spirit, no word, as well as if you're all word, no spirit. Ezekiel 13.3 is a reference. You can uh, write this down. The Bible says, Woe to the foolish prophets who follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. Oftentimes, this group place feelings above Scripture. Now, the third group that I want to give to you is the group that is, and I love this, the third group is all spirit, all word. There is a healthy mixture of both of these. All, mix, all spirit and all word. Three or two truths regarding this. It's important to know guys, that the Spirit and the Word work together. That the Holy Spirit and the Word of God work in unison. We have the Word of God, okay, in us. If we have the Word in our spirit, in our mind, in our body, as a part of our life, then the Holy Spirit has something to work with. Many times the Holy Spirit is trying to direct an individual, but there's no truth in them to validate the work that he's trying to do in that person's life. And so this person is from to to fro. In other words, from feeling to feeling, to emotion to emotion. When you're walking through a crisis, you're walking through a situation, you, know, you need to know the will of God. It is imperative that the Word is anchored in you so that the Spirit of God can tap the Word in you to reveal to you what the Word of God says and the direction that you need to take. Does that make sense? So we have to get the Word of God in us. Number two, the second truth. The Spirit does not work, nor ever will work, independently of the Word. 
well, the Lord led me, or the Lord has been telling me. And whatever you're hearing that you perceive to be the, the, the voice of God, if at any point that it is in violation of the written word, you can trust that what you're hearing is not from the Spirit of God. They're not going to contradict one another. So here it is in, a, in, a, in another a statement. The Holy Spirit will never lead us in a direction that contradicts the Word of God. Now, if we as, as charismatics get this into our spirit, it will solve a lot of our problems. Because we are very open to the moving of the Spirit, the voice of the Spirit, the direction of the Spirit, and we will follow a feeling and an emotion, even a voice, and we'll say that's the Holy Spirit. And yet if it's not in, in unison with the Word, we have to reject it at all times. Now, I hit this a few weeks ago, and I'm just going to give you an example because it works. You have a guy and a girl. You have a guy that uh, is in church, a girl that's not in church. He's saved, and she isn't saved. Well, he's attracted to her, right? In, in multiple areas, and, and I'm not talking about in a vile area. He's just attracted to her. He likes her company. He likes being around her. She makes him laugh, and all of these things. And so he feels connected to her. And so he gets this thought, a good thought. Well, maybe I can date her. And my goal is to win her to Jesus. And he feels good about that because his flesh feels good about being around her. And so they will, he will, enter into a relationship with her more than just casual friends and more than probably close friends, but enter into a romantic relationship. And I'm not talking about anything perverted, but a romantic. You know, it's more than just, hey, I'm your friend. I, I, hey, let's go have a cup of coffee. This has gone to let's hold hands, let's kiss, let's do all, you know, let's just go date or whatever. Okay, so now we've entered into the next level. And he feels very strongly that God is leading him to enter into this relationship in hopes of winning her to Jesus because he's thinking, I'm going to let my light shine in on her. I will influence her to come to Christ. Now, there's only one thing wrong with that. Not the, not the friendship, but moving into a more romantic, moving into a more um, intimate relationship. The Bible says in Corinthians that this is forbidden. Because it says, what fellowship has light with darkness? And he says, do not be unequally yoked together. Now, every dating relationship has the potential to end up in a marital relationship. I, I, I've been in counseling sessions with folks that have said to me, I married him and I knew he wasn't a believer. And I felt it was my mission sent from God to win him to Jesus. Well, three years into the marriage relationship, he's no closer to God. In fact, he doesn't want to have anything to do with God, won't come to church. And so she's saying, now how do I win my husband to the Lord? 
where you stepped outside of the written word. But we get emotionally engaged in things. We get emotionally engaged in, in purchases and things, and then we get a good feeling about it, and we assume that that is the Spirit of the Lord, because all good feelings come from the Lord, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. The enemy's a deceiver. And feelings are a voice of the body. That mean that all feelings are bad, but it doesn't mean all feelings are good, right? So the Holy Spirit would never lead an individual, hear me, never at any time, at any point, would ever lead an individual to marry an unbeliever. At no point. Why? Because the Word has already spoken. And if you work yourself up enough, you can make yourself believe that anything and everything is the voice of God. And if the Word, if you're not familiar with it, you will be led by your emotions and feelings. The Word is written to protect us, to help us, and to encourage us. Can I get an amen right there? Amen. All right. Now, so here's, here's the mixture, the Spirit and the Word. Genesis 1, as you know, in the beginning, right? In the beginning, the earth was without form and void. And the Bible says, and the Spirit hovered over the deep. And then when God said, when God said, let there be light. You see, the Holy Spirit went to work in, re in reaction to the Word. So this is important for us tonight to understand our church is a Word church. Our church is a Spirit church. Not a perfect church in any means, but our goal is the Word as our foundation and the Spirit of the Lord to lead us in obedience and in relation to the Word of God. Can somebody say amen? Hallelujah. So how to know the will of God? Well, we want, if, if you're all Word and no Spirit, we want you to come closer, maintain the Word, keep the Word, stay in love with the Word, but began to embrace the moving of the Holy Spirit and the, and, and, and the working of the Holy Spirit in your life. If you're all spirit and everything's touchy-feely, we want you to maintain that, but come toward the Word. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm not talking about balance here. I'm beginning to more and more, I'm, I'm, I'm despising the word balance. I'm talking about a complete all-in on both. All word, all spirit. And if there's confusion there, and you still can't get clarity, then you move to another direction, and then you find counselors in your life. Godly influencers that know the word and know the spirit. Because you may be so in love with this girl, 
that you can't hear or you can't see. Y'all ever been there? Y'all know what I'm talking about, guys. Uh, you know, uh, you're just obliv uh, oblivious to everything going around you. And so that's when you need those counselors around you, right? To look you in the eye and say, you know, tap you on the leg, pat you on the hand, slap you across the face. You know how the old movies, how they used to do. Come out of it. Wake up. Those significant others in your life. All right, cool. All right, now go back to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, in my time that I, that I have left here in the next few moments, I think is very important for us as a church um, because of the season that we are in right now with the will of God, the revival, the glory of the Lord. I want you to know that I am discovering more and more about Jesus' desire to touch people and heal people. Because the more I read the Word, I find the Father's heart. And all through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I find Jesus healing people of all types, some with faith, some with not faith. Some that were evil and some that had no desire for God whatsoever. And yet, I, found, I find Jesus touching them. But at the same time, I find in the Scripture, not everybody was healed in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Specifically, Matthew 13, where he went to his own hometown, and the Bible says he could only do a few miracles there, even though there were a lot of sick people there. But by and large, I'm finding in the text that Jesus had great compassion and loved them all. Now I want you to look back at verse 40. And when the sun was setting, all those who had many, any that were sick with various diseases, brought them to him. He laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And demons came out of many. And they said to him, you are the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God. And this is what I said a few moments ago. They knew, they knew who he was before the people knew. Not for one moment should you and I ever underestimate the knowledge that the devil has about this church. I'm going to say it again. Never underestimate the knowledge that the devil has regarding this church. There is incredible, intense spiritual warfare going on in the heavenlies over this house. When I walk into a building and the total stranger comes up to me and tells me, you just don't know what happened to me when I was at your church. And lists three to four physical ailments. And I'm going to mispronounce this because I'm speaking publicly and off the top of my head. Fibromyalgia. 
walks up to me last night and says, I just want you to know, ever since I got in that water, that Jesus healed me of that. Yeah. And I don't know which one of you held her, ministered to her, prayed for her, prayed for her here, gave her a towel out, out where I just I don't know who that was, but somebody in this house, this lady had multiple touches of love and compassion. I'm telling you. And to have a pastor tell you, my life has never been the same since I've been at your church. And sends a check to Christ Fellowship and empties his entire savings account. He said, the Lord spoke to my wife and I to give every dime we had in our savings account so others may know. To the dollar. So church, on a Wednesday night here, don't underestimate the magnitude of the spiritual warfare going on over this building. We cannot let our guards down at one moment to relax our hold, our grip on hosting the presence of the Lord. You have entered into a war zone. The morale inside the house has got to be monitored at all times. Because we are in war and people are at different levels in the war. Some are fatigued. Somebody is wearing out. You're having troubles at home, relationships and, 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 and finances perhaps. And, and the devil what whispers to you, you just need to pull back. And so guess what? That feels good to you and you feel it's the Lord's leading you to pull back. It may be just sharing your hurt and your pain and your confusion with another brother or sister and they unite in prayer with you to lift you up to strengthen those that are weakened in the faith. Do you hear what I'm saying? We've got to be very careful. Incredible, intense spiritual warfare. The devil knew, the devil knew Jesus' assignment before the people that he was sent to knew the assignment. And so Jesus said, you be quiet. When I made the proclamation two weeks ago, what the Lord gave me, that I am going to shake this place like it's never been shaken before. I want you to, to rest in that because he's going to do the shaking, not the devil. He's going to do the shaking. And I, don't, I didn't see this as a being a problem to our church. I saw it as the level of glory was going to intensify as it did in Acts chapter 4, verse 31, where they were praying together as they gathered together. And the Bible says in the place that they were gathered was shaken. The building shook. That's what I received. I didn't receive fear or danger or calamity. But in the midst of this, when you release a prophetic word like that, there's always a counterfeit. 
So the devil's going to try to do everything in his power. Now watch this. Everything in his power to disrupt what he's talking, uh, what the Lord's saying. Disunity, confusion, bitterness, anger, choosing sides, going to this and going to that. Why didn't they call me? Why didn't they come see me? All those type of things. You know what? I'm in that Facebook group and nobody's called me and I hadn't, you know, all that stuff that the devil can use. You're going to have to stay on guard to protect your mouth and your ears because the devil wants to shake this place as well. You got to guard. That's why the Bible says, be sober, be sober minded, be alert, be vigilant. For your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour, who he may pick off. So we got to be vigilant. Test the spirits, discern what's happening. There's no mistake of what happens Sunday morning and Sunday night in this house. You're going you're to begin to see, as, uh, as the teacher Robert Slairdon shared with us that night, we're going to see uh, mentally disturbed people get their right mind. But it won't come because we say it. It comes because we've heard it. Now let's war over the prophecy. Let's pray until we see it. Let's war until we see it. Autism will be healed on multiple levels and multiple times through, just like we've seen cancer healed over and over again. We're going to see autism healed over and over and over again. Now, it may not be every child that gets in immediately gets a healing. We're pressing into that. We're praying into this because these things only come out through prayer and fasting, your Bible says. So we can't assume that when God says, I'm going to shake this place like it's never been shaken before, we sit back and relax. There is intense spiritual war over this house. That's why I was in North Carolina Monday and, and I look in on prayer at 6 o'clock and there were 100 people in this house, in this room, who understood and got it. So I need you to pray for me. Two things. A few month, a month or so ago, a month and a half ago, I'm sitting right here, and a lady walks up to me. And she asked me a question that was very odd. And she said, may I hug you? And she stood right there. I'm sitting down and, and not wanting to be unkind I don't know what to say you know if you say no people think you're well who does he think he is and she hugged me ten minutes later another individual used the same language and came to me right there and say may I just hug you and took her hand and placed it on my back and went straight down my spine. Ever since that moment, I've been dealing with some stuff in my head. 
of where I've had to ask Karen in the middle of the night, where I'm twitching and trying to remove and to shake the thoughts in my head. She said, what's wrong with you? I said, here's what's happening to my head, and I need you to pray at 2.30 in the morning. And that's been happening less less now than even last week or week and a half ago of intense spiritual warfare in my head. I can't tell you who they were or where they were from, but I've never had two people come up to me and ask me verbatim the same thing. Felt nothing, but a few days later, it came like an avalanche in my head. To literally, when I'm going down the road, having to turn my head violently to the right and to the left to get these thoughts out of my head. This is not child's play. This is not a fad. We are in a war for the souls of people, for the glory of God, the presence of Jesus to manifest. So we must pray and we must guard. And we must love one another to the depths of our very being, to be willing as we, as we, as we confessed on Sunday that I will do whatever I need to do. So I, I'm in Marion, Kentucky. Y'all know we were there a few weeks ago, two weeks ago, I guess it was, a, a Monday and Tuesday. The fire of God fell over 120 people baptized Monday night, 140 on Tuesday night, and I don't know how many on Wednesday night when Bishop Lance was there. And that church has, un- has come under an immense attack from the community. There was a pastor there that many of you already know this because you've commented, you've seen the post. There was a pastor there for the sole purpose of taking notes and observing what was happening so that he can go do a Facebook post and get ten to 20,000 likes and views and all those things to literally try to undermine the work of God. And the pastors have been attacked, the church has been attacked verbally on Facebook, and they're doing fine, but their people are mad. They're angry. And I told him today, I said, some of your people will not make it through this fight. I said, they're too weak. And they'll be picked off. Because they don't want the family members telling them they're going to an occult. Or what kind of church that you go to. Now here, watch this. They love the spirit, those people. But because they have no foundation of the word, they're easy pickings for the devil. It's low-hanging fruit. So when you begin to pull the low-hanging fruit off of a church family and people begin to leave and they begin to say, well, I just can't go there because at work they're asking me and it's embarrassing about all of this. 
and then it begins to spread through the ranks and low morale begins to enter in and all of a sudden the pastor gets so discouraged he just pulls back. So I'm preparing him for casualties. That's not a lack of faith, that's reality. You've got to prepare yourself, Pastor. So for two hours, this guy rants. Two hours. Picks apart everything I say. Mocks people that prayed in tongues. Went down the list of those that got in the water. Told people by name, you ought to know better than getting in that water. And I began to read the comments from those that were listening to his video and Overwhelmingly, 90% of them were in support of this pastor trying to correct a church because they were in false doctrine. Multiple baptisms, healings, believing Jesus is going to heal people in the water. Called it foolishness or silliness. Our greatest attack will not come from the heathen or the meth addict down the street. The greatest attack will come from within the body. And you've got to be prepared for that. And if you don't know your Bible, you won't know how to give an answer to those who ask for the hope that lies within you. I learned a lot by listening to him. Because you can learn from your critics. Because they're hearing something that I may say that I assume everybody gets. So I have to do a better job articulating, communicating, minimizing the water, but yet maximizing the water. It's not the water. We know that. How many times have we said that, right? It's who you meet in the water. It is the water because he's chosen water. Water is significant in this, right? So I learned a lot today. Got mad as a hornet, gut punched a couple of times when people who don't even know you, accuse you of all kinds of things, of coming up for money, and all you're trying to do is to get money. And, and I go, dear dude, you don't know me. So I told the pastor, we're scheduled to go back up April 4th and 5th. I said, start blasting it today. And what this guy has done is breathe oxygen on what's going to happen the 4th and 5th. He's breathing oxygen on it. See, the devil underestimates this. The community gets all a buzz about it. Then we have another meeting. I'm telling you, people are going to come just to be skeptics, just to watch, to see. And we're, just going, to, we're going to pray. I'm going to need you to pray. Uh, I've asked, and we'll ask several of you to come just to be there as a prayer support, not to serve, not to do anything, but just to attend. Uh, there are security teams more than able. Nobody's going to shoot us. Nobody's going to hit us. But I'm just telling you, that Mary in Kentucky needs the move of God. And we saw God move, but the religious devils put his head up. You understand what I'm saying? So, what am I saying all of this? We've got to pray like we never prayed before. This is significant. This is not, this is not a child thing. This is not a baby thing. This is intense spiritual warfare when the enemy would send two ladies on one night and one of them put her hand on my back and rub it all the way down. Not, not to my 
bottom area, but all the way down. Just put it right down there. And within two or three days, I'm in a complete tailspin in my head. So you guys need to know the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Every one of you matter. Your voice matters. Your commitment matters. Your service matters. Your prayer time matters. You hear what I'm saying? All of us matter. Every one of us. All hands on deck. I'm telling you, he's going to shake this place like it's never been shaken before. And you can rest assured, the closer we get to those shakings, the enemy is going to try to bring disturbance in every area of our ministry and in every area of your life. Be not unwise to the activity of the devil. And if it doesn't bring peace, if it brings angst, if it brings anxiety, it's not from him. If it causes you to question others and their motives, and you begin to feel you know, fatigued, that's not of him. You resist the devil. Submit to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. So we are now aware of this. So stand to your feet. We're going to pray. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I don't want to go through what I have gone through again. So if I don't know you, I won't hug you. Okay, is that all right? Okay. And um, I, can, I can hug all of you. <laughs> For those of you over there, it's a new t-shirt. If I don't know you, I won't hug you. That's what she said. That's what, yeah. Listen, now listen. Now listen, this is not an ego-driven thing. You know that. I would, I, would, I would give everything I had to our people, and even to strangers. But I just don't need that war in my head. At all. So, I need you to be aware of that. I'll hug all of you because I love you. And, I'm a, and my love language is touch of all things. <laughs> all Karen has to do is put her hand on my hand and I'm like, okay, what do you need? You know what I'm saying? Here's, here's $10. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I get. Listen, y'all do know I have not had a raise from my wife in 20 years. Y'all need to speak to her about that. So... So, Lord Jesus, we commit our lives to the work that you've given us. Our families are going to be blessed. Our homes are going to be blessed. Our careers are going to be blessed. I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you that you're protecting every part. Lord, I'm so excited that our young people, our children, or even our senior adults get to see you, go oh God, move in such a beautiful way. We will not relent. We will not back up. We will not fold. We will press. And we will run the race to receive the prize. 
And Lord, we will hear those that have gathered to us over the last four years. Lord, we will hear when we stand together as Christ Fellowship Church. Two words, well done. Well done. Well done. So we bless you, Lord. Keep us together, focused, in unity, loving, compassionate, tender, kind, gentle. All the fruit of the Spirit. And Lord, bless the pastor and all those that heard him rant today. You said, Lord, bless those who curse you. So, Lord, we pray great blessings upon his children that they'll always walk in health. Lord, that you will prosper him mentally and emotionally and physically. I pray that his church grows. I pray, God, that you'll give us wisdom on how to approach any of the negativity, oh God. We will count it worthy. That's right. That's what the apostle said. We count it worthy that we're misunderstood and we'll suffer. Lord, we've not bled, we've not been cut, we've not been beaten. Lord, it's just emotional right now, but we thank you that what you're doing in this place is worthy for people to say it's not true. I thank you, Lord, that you did it, and we've seen it with our own eyes. It's undeniable. So we'll not get bitter, angry. Your kingdom comes, all we ask. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, guys. I have to slip out. I apologize. i got to get to a meeting. Um, so just enjoy your fellowship. Listen this. Everybody, one last thing. Y'all know we spring forward Sunday morning. Yeah, don't forget. Because you'll be at church at 11 and we'll be done. Or not done. But uh, make sure that you are... Um, Spring forward.